Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Thanks for tuning in today. I got one of the giants in biohacking who is in the middle of everything that's happening. I got Martin Tobias in. He is an entrepreneur as well. He sold a company that went public. He also sold another company. He invested in 80 companies. And now he's at the forefront of biohacking. He teamed up with Dave Asprey, also called the father of biohacking, mm-hmm. and started this called Upgrade Labs, mm-hmm. which is the coolest place that you want to go. And I can't <laughs> wait to, uh, to get to LA at some point because that's the place with all of the coolest gear that you can find and that you can actually come in and, and use as a, a normal person. And mm-hmm. Martin Tobias got some of the most rich people in the world coming in because this is a place where you can yep. do a difference. Some of the Hollywood stars, some of the athletes and so on. Yep. And then he's running a conference and involved in a lot of different things. So I'm really excited to have you in, Martin. Thank you for having me. So Martin, your story, how did you go from this successful entrepreneur and then uh, heading into <laughs> health? Well, I sold my last software company about six years ago and I was mostly just enjoying my life, hanging out with my kids, surfing at my house in Hawaii and everything. And there were a lot of things that I had on my list of things. You know, everybody has a list of things they want to do when they have time. Mm. And then I think to myself, okay, I have time. (laughs) What should I do? And one of the things on the list was meditation. And so I said, oh, let me try to meditate. And I went to some Zen meditation places in America. It didn't really work for me. And then I downloaded Headspace. And Headspace is amazing but it's just a guided meditation on your phone. It increases access to your phone. But I started reading some studies on meditation and they say that it can take a long time to get the real cognitive benefits Mm. of meditation up to seven years. And I thought to myself, is there anybody who's hacked meditation to actually give you the benefits in less time? And that day when I thought that thought, I ended up somehow downloading Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Radio podcast, and he was talking about 40 years of Zen, Mm -hmm. which is a program where you go for one week and get 40 years of meditation in one week. And I said, now that is a hack. I want to do that. So through a, a longer combination of things, I ended up at 40 years of Zen and met Dave Asprey and, you know, got kind of sucked into this whole idea that with technology, you can actually change the time reward relationship with a lot of these things that we've known the benefits of for a long time, like meditation and physical and training and things like that, but get the results in less time. Applying what I had known, the hacking technology of computers to the physical side of thing. I, so I got very interested in it that way. Mm-hmm. And how did it work for you then, the 40 years of Zen? 40 years of Zen was amazing. And a couple of really weird things happened at 40 years of Zen. And because you sit in this pod thing with electrodes on your head, neurofeedback. And I'll give you two or three things that happened to me. The first, on the first day when I was in there in the pod doing the exercises, one of the things I was thinking of was, I had pitched the people at TED, you know, the talk Mm. about three months ago or three months before that on an idea for a TED talk. And I thought the pitch went really well with the editor, but I never heard back from them. And I'm in the pod thinking about the, the thing there. And I get out, I go home. There's a text 
from the editor saying, Martin, I don't know why we didn't hear back from you. I loved your pitch. Why didn't you come back to us? And it turns out that her email was in my spam folder. But I tell Dave this the next day and I said, you know, I think she got some like ESP message when I'm in the pod. He says, oh yes, this happens all the time because you're in a different plane of connectivity. Yeah. And it happened to me, like this person who I hadn't heard from for three months got back. It got back to me and sends me a text because I'm thinking about it in a particular brainwave state. Mm. And for me, I thought that's crazy. But Dave says, oh, yes, it happens all the time yeah. because you're connected to a different sort of frequency level, almost like ESP. So that happened. And then the second thing that happened, I play a lot of poker. Yeah. And one of the ways I was so going... tough to negotiate with. Yes. <laughs> But one of the things that I was thinking of is that basically, you know, poker is a long series of risk-adjusted decisions to put money at risk. And your brain has to be working very well to do that over a long period of time, 10, 12 hours. So I thought to myself, 40 years of Zen should make me better at poker. And I had been tracking my win rate. I was winning roughly 60% of the time prior to going to 40 years of Zen. For the two months after 40 years of Zen, I didn't lose a hand of poker for two months. Impressive. I won 100% of the time. And, you Was know, that you being more present then so you could kind of feel other people if they were like... I, I think it had a lot to do with present. It had a lot to do with the ability to stay in your prefrontal cortex and have the human brain be in control instead of the animal brain. Mm. The biggest problem in poker is when you get emotional and allow your emotions to take over from the odds and calculating and things like that. Also, I think the ability to perceive other people's tells mm. or emotions or just being more aware of yeah. other people's frequencies. And then the third thing that happened to me at 40 years of Zen, I don't know, your parents were probably perfect parents. My parents were not perfect parents. My mother tried to commit suicide in Slicing front of me, him. slicing her wrists when I was six years old. And it was a big trauma for me. And what I realized is that even for 50 years later, when I would talk to her on the phone, I would in two minutes, like just be squeezing the phone. Mm -hmm. I'd be in fight or flight, right? It's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard, despite the fact that she didn't do anything today. For yeah. 50 years ago, the trauma is still in the, body. in the body, right? And so it was always, it required a lot of cognitive power to try to have a normal conversation. Yeah. Um, After 40 years of Zen, like three days later, she called me. I talked to her on the phone for an hour and a half, and I didn't want to hang up the phone. That's wonderful. I mean... That's, that's amazing. <laughs> amazing, right? <Yeah. laughs> Which I could just have a normal conversation without this trauma yeah. in my animal brain yeah. saying, run away, run away, run away the whole time. Suddenly relaxing. So... That's amazing. Come on. Well, that sounds like the result that you hear about people getting from meditation over so many years. Yeah, exactly. But that was, was that's like 20 time. years of meditation to, yeah. to get this kind of change. And I got it in one week. So. Got to try that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's going to be on the list when I go to Canada next time. So how did you get into all of this biohacking as well? So a lot of people have personal stories like Dave Asper have, Jim Gray that we just met at the Health sure. Optimization Summit. So for me, I didn't have a, a personal, like my health problem, like with Dave Asprey being 300 pounds or something like this, but it was more of a family thing. 
I have a daughter who's now eight. When she was five years old, she started to get alopecia, which is her hair was falling out. And we went to the doctors in America. And in America, I don't know how it is here. In America, you have less than 12 minutes a year for a doctor. And really, the only thing they can do is to write a prescription or offer a surgery. And we went to him and he says, well, I have some steroids to make the hair grow. And the first thing I thought is, what's making the hair fall out? Mm. And he said, I don't know. I don't have time. Like, go away. And that was kind of, for me, a real realization that something's broken. Something's wrong with Mm. the healthcare system if they don't have time or desire to find the real cause. And I didn't know at the time that that would lead me to biohacking, but that's what biohacking is. Like some doctor tells you something that sounds stupid or a lie. And so we, you know, I called Dave and I called some other people and we ended up finding a functional medicine doctor that did some allergy tests. Turns out she was very gluten intolerant, but that is, I didn't know at the time, but it's kind of the essence of biohacking. You know, what's the root cause? Mm. How do I solve the underlying system as opposed to dealing with the symptom, which was the hair falling out? Yeah. And so for me, being able to help my daughter was the beginning, the very beginning of the health thing for me. Makes sense. Does she have her hair now? Yeah, she has her hair. I mean, it was very traumatic. For five years old in school, the girls were giving her laughing about a hard time about the hair and everything and she was feeling terrible but yeah it turned out she had gluten and lyme disease okay and we got both of those things fixed and she's much better now but we would have never found the right solution if we had followed the traditional doctor's advice to just make the hair grow she would have still been eating gluten still have lyme disease and other health issues would have come up and and a lot of side effects from the drugs as well and a lot of side effects so that's fantastic you found that Mm -hmm. so functional medicine is really moving forward together with biohacking yeah yeah absolutely yeah because functional medicine is is a better approach because they typically want to they'll ask you about your environment like we got rid of we changed all of our soaps in our house we changed our diet We did a mold test in the house. We looked at the environment as Mm. much as the thing. And then we found something in the environment that was causing this. We take this out of that and the hair grows back. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what the normal doctors call miracles. But it's happening all the time when you start to look into that stuff. Yeah, I have another miracle story about my hand. It happened a little bit later, about a year later. I don't know if you can see it on the camera here, but I have a big scar here on my hand. And what happened was I was doing some yard work at home. I was going to pressure wash my deck. First thing, never do your own yard work. Have somebody else do it. But I'm trying to start this machine. I got a two-stroke engine. And I pulled the thing, you know, to start it. And I pulled it and the, the thing broke and my hand went back and hit part of the house and cut both of the tendons on these two fingers here. So these two fingers were not working because these tendons cut and went blood everywhere. And I was like, "Mm, that doesn't look good. (laughs) (laughs) So I go to the the doctor and they said, oh, you have to have a hand surgeon and you have to reattach these. So I go get the hand surgery then like two days later and the doctor connects these. And after the surgery, I said to him, what can I do to make this heal faster? And he says, uh, I don't know, my job is to connect this and that's it. 
And I said, well, I'm going for a stem cell treatment. I was going like three days later for a stem cell treatment to get some adipose stem cells. I said, what if I put some stem cells in here, maybe some infrared light to mm. take care of the scar tissue and stuff like that? He says, I don't know. That's not FDA approved. I can't tell you to do this, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, okay, okay, it's not FDA approved, but what do you think mm. as a person with a brain, <laughs> I have an injury, stem cells and infrared are proven to heal injuries faster. Does it sound like a good idea? And he literally could not even admit that it sounded like a good idea because of insurance and blah, 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 oh. blah. And I said, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. So I had them put some stem cells in there. I did some infrared light. And you see now I have full range of motion all the way around. And normally when they reattach a tendon like that, because when it breaks, what they do is they pull it and redo it so the tendon is shorter. So normally people's fingers stop yeah. like here because you have a short tendon. But you have full function? I have full function. And he looks at this and I got full function in one month. And normally it's like four months yeah. to get any kind of function. And I went back to him like a month later and he says, miracle. And I go, <laughs> It's not a miracle. No. I told you I put stem cells and yeah. some infrared and maybe you should tell I, I can't tell anybody no. to do this blah 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 FDA insurance blah 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 and I said come on look yeah <laughs> but because I was in this mindset of sort of I'm not a doctor but it makes sense that something like stem cells, something that reduces inflammation, something like infrared light that increases the circulation. It's just common sense. You don't have to be a doctor. No. no. <laughs> and you, you can't really outsource your health to a doctor. Well, if you do, you will likely get much worse results because you walk into the doctor. As I said, in America, they have 12 minutes for you. They only have a medical record. They don't know anything about your environment, your diet, your exercise regime, your family history. You know this. They don't know this. Yeah. And if not you, who is going to know? Like, And there's just so much science out there. It's impossible for them to keep up impossible because they have consultations all the time. So all the newest research, the stem cells and so on. When are they supposed to read up on it? Exactly. And a hand surgeon, he's not a stem cell surgeon. He doesn't no. know anything. This is one of the side effects, unfortunately, of the specialization. My brother, here's another example. My brother had a problem with his eyes. He was getting, his eyes were going out of focus. And he went to an eye doctor And they were looking, there's apparently a nerve that connects to your eye and apparently it splits. It goes half here and half there and then the nerve reconnects down here. And the eye doctor understands the right side of the nerve that mm. connects to the eye and the neurosurgeon understands the left side yeah. of the nerve. Both of these nerves connect back down here, but they're two different specialties yeah. because the nerve splits. And... Neither doctor could tell him what to do about the nerve because they said, oh, this is this side is that guy and this side is that guy. Yeah. And he's like, it's the same nerve, you idiot. <laughs> anyway, so he ended up doing some stuff himself. To He had some dysfunction in that nerve and he fixed the nerve himself. But neither doctor could tell him or wanted to take responsibility because 
the specializations had said this side is this guy and this side is that so, guy. So how did he fix it? He did some infrared treatment yeah. on the nerve that reduced the inflammation and the inflammation went down and his eyesight improved. Yeah. But he did it to the root of the nerve rather than the side anyway. So specialization in many ways constrains the person you're asking for information to because he doesn't know anything about any of the rest of the body and most of the problems we have are multi-systemic especially things like autoimmune disease another story i used to have chronic sinusitis and allergies and sinus infections and at the poker game that i uh, play at one of the guys there is an ent an ear nose and throat surgeon yeah he went to johns hopkins the best surgery place in america and of course i ask him hey what do you think I should do for sinusitis? He says, I have just the thing for you, sinus surgery. And I said, now why do you suggest sinus surgery? He goes, I'm a surgeon. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, what's the surgery going to do? It's going to make your sinuses bigger. And yeah. I said, well, but the problem is inflammation. Do you do anything for the inflammation? He says, no, I make the sinuses bigger, you have inflammation, it's not a problem because there's more room. And I said, well, what about the inflammation? He says, don't know. I'm a surgeon. I make them bigger. Yeah. I say, okay, I don't like this. <laughs> Maybe I should do something for the inflammation, inflammation instead of the thing. But it's not his fault. His job is surgery. Yeah. And he's this doing is that his, well. This, he's doing surgery very well. And this is, he has a hammer. I'm a nail. Boom, boom, boom. This is it. Yeah. So that's really the, the big paradigm shift now. It is a paradigm more into the holistic and the body's a system and the root cause instead of just the root causes of things. And the only person who can do that is you yourself. You have to think this way because the people you're asking, this is not the way they're trained. This is not the way they're thinking of things. They are very specific. And many times, for example, when I have this surgery, I'm very glad I had a surgeon that specializes in hands yes. that understands exactly how to do this and that. But also you have to realize that his part is only part yes. of it. A good way when people feel overwhelmed as well about taking responsibility is also finding a functional doctor mm -hmm. that can help you on the journey. Yeah, and absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's still important that you take ownership. Mm -hmm. so, so the lab that you have, yeah. what's some of the, the cool stuff? Well, we have uh, two upgrade labs now, yeah. one in Santa Monica and one in Beverly Hills. And basically what they are, they started because Dave Asprey had all of these crazy things at his house to live to 180. And the original idea was, let's put some of these crazy things in a retail store, see if anybody wants to use them. And what we've come up with is a facility where you can use many of these technologies. We have things like cryotherapy, IV therapy, better cardio training with like the Vasper, strength training with the ARX technology meditation with a virtual float tank, neurofeedback, infrared beds, things like that. But what we've done at Upgrade Labs, which I think is different, many people can buy some different machines and so on, but we have integrated it with a data platform and connected to wearables like, for example, my Aura Ring. And so we have a data platform. Everyone who comes in, we do a lot of measurements on them. We do the in-body, we do the gut biome tests, we do some blood tests, we look at their HRV from this. 
and then we connect those up to a program where we tell you you should be doing this many cryotherapy sessions because your inflammation numbers look high from the in-body or high from your HSCRP. And we're also able to change people's program when they come in based on the state of the body. For example, about two weeks ago, I came in and I was scheduled to do a strength training. We came in for about two weeks ago, I came into the facility, I was scheduled to do heavy weight training. The night before, I had had a couple of margaritas, and my sleep was a little bit bad. But the trainer, he pulls up the iPad, he looks and has my aura ring data, sees my recovery score is low. He says, instead of strength training, you go to cryotherapy and get an IV. Yeah. You do recovery today. So Upgrade Labs, we have integrated a system that allows our facility to be responsive to the state of somebody's body when they come in. And when you have a facility and you're changing your program to the state of your body, you're going to get much better results than if you didn't have that. For example, yesterday on the panel, Ollie was talking about how he used to do CrossFit. And he used to be one of these guys that gets up every day and CrossFit, CrossFit, I just yeah. hard, hard, hard. But what he found is that when he was pushing his body, when it was not recovered, it actually was worse yes. than if he had been doing a little more active recovery on the days when he did not recover correctly. And so we're getting to a place now where you can have a facility like Upgrade Labs that can give you exactly the right thing for you today, which may not be what you thought you did. And many facilities today can't do that because they don't have anything else for you to do. Mm -hmm. You go to CrossFit, if your body's not ready for CrossFit, they have nothing else for you to do. They can't have you do cryotherapy or an IV or infrared. And or quick for the listeners, cryotherapy and IV? Oh, cryotherapy is a chamber where you go in and chill the body to stimulate the immune system. It's a three-minute cold treatment. And IV therapy is where you get vitamins or NAD or uh, detox agents like glutathione via an IV. Yeah, makes sense. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's a very good facility. We've got two in, in LA now. We're building a third one at Dave's new office in Victoria, Canada. Okay. And hopefully next year, we've made a smaller one that we call Upgrade Labs Express, which yeah. is focused really around recovery. And we would hope to be able to franchise those next year. We have about 300 people on an interest list that want to franchise it. And what we're trying to do now is just put it all together in an operational manual in a way that people can replicate it and build one themselves. And hopefully next year we'll be able to be talking to people about how they could build their own upgrade labs. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Getting this stuff out around the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just... There are other people that have bought some machines and put them together, but what we would have is, in addition to the machines, the software program and the ability for, you know, to connect your aura ring and to have a program. And the, the real trick is, for example, I went to this one place in New York that has a cryotherapy and IV lounge and infrared sauna. And I said, okay, this looks nice. You can check my HSCRP inflammation with a blood draw, and then you can tell me how many times I should do cryotherapy to get my HSCRP into a safe level. She says, no, I can't do that because they don't have the connection mm. between these. But this is what Upgrade Labs has. That's also where your software it's our software Background comes in being an entrepreneur building stuff that talks together yeah yeah exactly so i think the the really the right way 
to give people the results they deserve is to have a connection between the data. One of the problems in this whole biohacking area, I mean, the quantified self was a big movement five or six years ago, and everybody's wearing a Fitbit, but the, it didn't, that movement never really got connected between the data and then what you're doing. They could tell you you should do more steps or whatever, but they couldn't really connect it to the things you were doing and to prescribe a certain amount of this or that to achieve a goal. And hopefully we're going to make some progress on that front. Yeah. Looking very much forward to seeing that. Yeah. So you've also been through a journey, mm-hmm. something about your age being reversed. Oh, uh, yeah. Can you tell a bit about that? Yeah, so we were just, as you were down there in London at the Health Optimization Summit, we had 1,200 people there, and Dave made a talk about his new book, which I'll talk about in a minute, and my talk was about how I reversed my um, cellular age by about 20 years in the last two years with all these biohacking. I'm 55, and on four or five different biomarkers, my biology is operating about a 30-year-old. So one of them is a P300 delay, which is a measurement of your executive function. We measure that with the WAVI EEG. I'm about 22 on P300 delay. My telomeres have regrown from, when I tested them first, they said I was 56. When I was 53, my telomeres are now 32. My testosterone level two years ago was 468. It's now about 1,000 which is about a 29-year-old's testosterone. And then there's another test we do at Upgrade Labs called uh, bioenergy testing, which is a mitochondria function test designed by Frank Schallenberger. And that shows that my mitochondria are breathing in oxygen and expelling CO2 roughly like a 32-year-old. And, I mean, this is my theory on aging Dave has a particular number. He wants to be 180. I don't have a number. I just want to be living like with the energy levels and the disease profile and the ability to recover from injury like a 28 to 32-year-old for as long as possible. Because in your 20s and 30s, you have almost zero profile for cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, things like this. Yeah, totally agree. Rather live shorter life, but a really good life, than having 50 years of being sick. Yeah, exactly. And this is the problem. Most of the problems related to age are because of different, you know, hormone levels go down, immune system goes down, NAD levels go down. And because those lower functioning things go down, then disease and cancer, what's the difference between somebody who has cancer and somebody who doesn't have cancer? Somebody who has cancer, their immune system was unable to fight the toxins or the cancer cells that were growing. Somebody who does not have cancer can be exposed to the same environmental stressors, but if their immune system is strong enough to kill it, they don't get cancer. So the idea is to keep those systems as strong as possible, and you're going to improve the odds. You may still have a black swan event or Mm. something um, that happens, but the whole trick to this is to just, I think about it like poker, you want to improve the odds yeah. and reduce the probability of these events as much as you can. You may still be riding a lime scooter and hit by a truck, but <laughs> <laughs> this is a black swan event you cannot control. There of are many, course. many things you can do to improve the odds, and you should. Yeah, definitely agree. 
there's still going to be chances. I go kite surfing, you surf, I mm -hmm. surf as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a calculated risk that you're taking that you know something can go wrong, but you're trying to improve your odds. Yeah, you just improve your odds as much as you can. You know, like like with things like cars, I mean, Dave talks about this. In California, the popular posh thing to do is to drive as economical, fuel-efficient cars you can. So you see all these people driving around Prius. The problem is a Prius has a very, very high mortality rate if it's in a car crash. And so what does Dave drive? He drives a Ford F-150 giant pickup. Yeah. Why? Because if you are in a car accident, the bigger car will win yeah. the car accident. So it's in his mind and in my mind, what do I drive? I, I don't have a car right now, but I used to drive a Range Rover. Why? Yeah. Because it's a big, safe car. <laughs> if you are in a car crash, you will win the car crash. Yeah. If you ha decide to drive a car, you should drive the car that's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to end up having giant cars out on the road. Well, yeah. I mean, not everybody would make that decision. Uh, yeah. Some people would say, I would prefer to be nice to the environment. Yeah. But you should know that if you're nice to the environment and choose to drive a small it's car a like risk. this, you are giving yourself and your family personally a higher risk yeah of the car crash. Yeah. And that's a fair decision. People can make that. I'm not trying to judge people. I'm just trying to say, be aware of the second and third order consequences of your decisions. Yeah. <laughs> so what have been some of the concrete biohacks for you? So you've been trying a bunch of stuff, also having a clinic. Yeah. I think you had some of your top biohacks. I did, yeah. So one of my slides from the Health Optimization Summit was, for me personally, the top five biohacks that I have used. And it's kind of hard to correlate specifically which ones did what in the five different areas that I improved my biomarkers on. But I believe the ones that help the best, I think the five or six best ones for me, number one is NAD supplementation. NAD is a coenzyme in three different cycles in the body, the main one being the Krebs cycle that creates ATP. And basically, NAD, like hormones, declines over time from roughly 90% over a lifetime. And most people are deficient in NAD. There's not really a very good test to see what your levels are because it oxidizes really fast. But anyway, I started doing NAD IVs and soft melts and, and some NAD precursors like Truniagen. And I believe getting your NAD levels up. And NAD is, when you read all the longevity research, is one of the key topics that they're talking mm. about because it makes all your cells work better. So NAD supplementation in some form. The second thing I think is stem cell treatments. I don't think those are as readily available in Europe, but I've done 10 different stem cell treatments, adipose and cord blood and placenta and blah, blah, blah. I've spent too much money on stem cells. But basically what that's doing is building up your immune system function and your body's ability to regenerate because this is what declines significantly over time. I think stem cell treatments are amazing. Any kind of stem cell treatments, IVs or chronic, or like injecting them into my hand, this kind of thing. Then the third area would be something around inflammation. Yeah. If you look at the four big killers that are out there now, it's cancer, cardiac disease, Alzheimer's, and diabetes. 
And underneath all four of those is inflammation. So if you can deal with inflammation, you can do it simply by taking curcumin or turmeric or getting rid of nightshades from your diet. You can do it a little more aggressively by taking a cold shower in the morning, doing a cold plunge, or the most aggressive inflammation thing is cryotherapy. It's more expensive, but staying on top of inflammation is a big hack that pays off really well. Those are the three kind of big ones. So that's why so many people also take cold showers. Mm-hmm. I take cold showers well in the morning. And I, I took a cold shower this morning. It's a good thing, I think, Oli, that we met yesterday, Martin. Mm-hmm. Everyone is doing it. And then I have the pleasure of jumping in the water as well. It's starting to get really cold. Yeah, So sure. it's like the two to three minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's good, you know, for inflammation, but also the release of the endorphins and the neuroepinephrine and things like that. So there's some mental benefits for mm-hmm. it. I actually told my eight-year-old about cold showers and she started to do them in the morning and she's like, it's really, really cold, but I like it. And I just bought a uh, Morzoko Forge for my uh, ranch in uh, Spokane, which is a cold plunge thing, this big bathtub that has ozone filtered water and ice in it. And so the whole family's going to now start doing like three, five minutes in the cold plunge. It's fantastic. It's amazing. The feeling when you get up, once you get used to it, is... It's incredible. The feeling yeah. of happiness. Yeah, yeah, actually happiness. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's great. So something about a book coming out as well. Uh, Dave Asprey, he has a new book. Oh, yeah. Some of all these things and people think it's a bit complicated and how to get started. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, 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 definitely. So Dave has four you know, big books out, but he has a new book coming out in October called Superhuman. Yeah. And it's basically all the things that he's doing to live to 180. And he talks about the four big killers and then the seven systems in your body that need to be supported to avoid those killers and then what you can do to address those seven subsystems. Everything from easy things in your diet to more complicated things like stem cells and cryotherapy, but he kind of lays out the range of things that you can do and that he has done, including some things that are not on the menu now, but he has tried like peptides and and things like that. So I'm really excited. I just actually read it, a pre-release copy, and probably about 60% of the things that he talks about doing are available at Upgrade Labs. And so for people that are interested in living to 180 like Dave, they can come to Upgrade Labs and do many of those things. And some of the things you can get even in um, cities here like Copenhagen or London or whatever. But it's a really great book and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Dave was actually how I got into biohacking as well. So I started with functional medicine, reading a lot about that. Mm -hmm. And then I was at a Tony Robbins event Mm -hmm. and Dave had a few minutes on stage and uh, released one of his books. So mm-hmm. it's been an inspiration for for most people going into this area. Sure. And the funny thing, you know, Tony Robbins doesn't say he's a biohacker, but I've been to his house in West Palm Beach and he has all of the same stuff. He's, you think about it, he's on stage 12 hours a day jumping around and stuff like that. And if you go backstage with Tony, which I have been, he has a PEMF machine. Yeah. He has a cryotherapy machine. Before he goes on stage, he sits on the PEMF machine for 20 minutes to charge yeah. up his body. He does cryotherapy in between his speeches. I mean, he knows this; these kinds of things really improve his energy level. And he has the different machines that make it more efficient. Uh, like osteo-strong osteo- machines as well. Osteo-strong machines and things like that. So... He's a big fan of, of all of this, doing whatever you can to uh, optimize and perform better. And it's, you know, worked for him. The other thing 
I'm sure you know the story of him. We, he had mercury poisoning. I actually didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. About two years ago, yeah, he was having some brain fog issues and this and that, and he went and got a scan. And apparently he had very high mercury poisoning because he was eating a lot of sushi, a lot yeah. of tuna. And it was, I forget the exact numbers. Apparently the the scale is like over one in mercury is a lot or something like that. And he had like 172, like some crazy sure. high amount of mercury. And so then he ended up doing some of the same things Tim Gray did because mm. Tim had a huge mercury poisoning problem. So hyperbaric oxygen, ozone therapy, some chelation, this and that. And he was able to get the levels way down, but it was significantly impairing his cognitive function. Mm. But the only way he did it is by having these technologies, collecting data, and then having a plan and trying different tactics and seeing what's working. And uh, He's amazing at that. Yeah. Finding a strategy, finding people that knows how to deal with it, and mm -hmm. then going full force into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even a guy that's at the top of his game with mental performance is it, doing it, a lot of this stuff. Yeah, always doing a lot of this stuff and is still susceptible to that. I mean, he was thinking eating sushi was good. Yeah. And it turns out the quality of the sushi was not as good as he thought, and then it has a problem. But he was able to respond to it because yeah. he was aware of his environment and aware of some technologies that could help him recover faster and in a community where people could help him and yeah it's pretty impressive so there's a conference as well yes if and you want to learn more about it. so we were just in london the other week yeah with tim gray and dasha that did the health optimization summit and mm -hmm. for me it was a really great experience oh good being um, around Amazing people that are really deep, a lot of doctors, professors, and mm -hmm. so on. They really know what they're talking about and the chance of actually seeing some of this gear. Yeah, That's totally. Not, not to say that we should just go into gear. The nature is very important as well. No, nature is very important. So we run the Biohacking Summit. Bulletproof ran it for five years, and we did it last year, well, this year in March in Beverly Hills. And we helped Tim do the one here in London. And we're going to do another one March 27th to 29th in Beverly Hills. We'll have another probably 1,500 people. Mm. And we're going to have some new and different speakers, not the same every year. About half are going to be new. Dave, of course, is going to speak. But we have some some new people talking about different technologies. But whenever people start a journey like this around biohacking or their own health, you can read some blogs, and this is good. You can go somewhere mm. like Upgrade Labs. But having a experience where you can come and actually talk directly to the experts and meet other people and talk directly to the vendors is really an important part. And that's why Upgrade Labs has made a very big investment around events. And we would love to help anybody else with events to just start the conversation mm. going. So we're going to have that one in March in Beverly Hills. We're already about 50% sold out in tickets and it's six months away. So I'm fairly certain it will uh, sell out. So if you're interested, go to xp.upgradelabs.com and grab a ticket because they're not going to last. Yeah, I'll <laughs> make sure to put it in the show notes as well. Okay. But it really is amazing to be around other people that share the interest in mm -hmm. taking responsibility for your health. And it's, it's just something different to watch it at YouTube where you can find so much good information, but actually being around the people and talking to others. Yeah, right? yeah. That mm -hmm. was for me at least really, really amazing in, in London. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I appreciated it too. And I know there are even, I would encourage people to look in their local city. I mean, we mm -hmm. went last night here in Copenhagen to Martin's meetup here. There was a hundred people listening to Ollie about sleep hacking. 
it is likely that there is some group in your city, wherever you live, that's talking about this. You should find it and go to that group as well. And if you can afford it, travel to some of the bigger events. But most cities have some kind of group that are talking about this now. So I would encourage people to go find that as well. well That's a chance to start one yourself. Or a chance to start one yourself and get people. Yeah, I remember Tim Tim ran the biohacking meetup in London and he said it started maybe three years ago with like 50 or 60 people. And then at the end, like he has 1,200 people on a list in London that want to come once a month to uh, talk about this and then have the bigger event where you bring in all the speakers. But there's lots of resources out there on the internet and likely a meetup in your city, so go find it. Yeah. Where can people find out more about you? You know, UpgradeLabs.com is the main place where people can find. You can follow me on Instagram, Martin G. Tobias. Mostly you'll find pictures of tacos or <laughs> uh, grass-fed meat because I just did three months of carnivore. I don't post a lot of health stuff up there other than pictures of what I eat for some reason. Yeah, the classic <laughs> Instagram pictures. Yeah. Cool. Any last advice to, to round off if you had to give one to three concrete things for people taking control of their health? The first thing I would say is, as we talk, we're talking before the show, the only one who is able to be responsible for your health is yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you outsource that to doctors or psychiatrists or anybody, you're not doing yourself a service. They will never know as much about you than, than you do. And you don't have to be a doctor. You just have to be aware. So first of all, realize that you can make significant improvements in your health if you're just aware. Second, I would encourage everyone to start collecting some data. Because mm. before, when I was thinking, for example, I was a raw vegan for like a year. And I did it because I read a book and I thought maybe I'd try raw vegan. But if you start trying things without any data about yourself, it's likely that you're trying things that don't work. I would encourage people to get something like an aura ring to track their sleep. I would encourage them to get some basic blood panels, to get some DNA tests. I just did a DNA test with the DNA company out of Toronto. And as he's reading my DNA, he said, you have a lot of Neanderthal DNA. Your carbohydrate metabolism is a little bit compromised. Therefore, you are someone who really, really should be on a high-fat, high-protein diet and low-carbohydrates. And... I said, I wish I had known this data before because I tried raw vegan. And it turns out raw vegan is exactly the wrong diet for, for my genes. And if I had taken the data first, I could have avoided a year of fucking raw vegan. <laughs> so, um, and for someone else, raw vegan might For someone vegan. else, raw vegan, but, but this, this is the key. You need the data. Yeah. It's not just your feeling. It's not just your friend tried something. Get the data about you and your body, and then try to pick things in your life that fit the data about your body. And a lot of people miss the data part. So the mm. first part is you have the agency to make changes. The second, get some data. And then the third, try things which match with your data. You're likely to get much better results when you do it in a data-driven way than if you just try to ping pong between different mm. ideas because you read some book. Yeah, <laughs> definitely agree. Okay. Cool. Martin, thank you so much for your time. It's really a pleasure. All I'm right. sure that people are going to enjoy this. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.